It's time for Red Zone Talk, presented by Olympia Orthopedic Associates on 95.3 KGY. A weekly look at high school football in the area with your hosts, Noel Wall and Olympian prep contributor, Dave Weber. And good morning and welcome to Red Zone Talk, presented by Olympia Orthopedic Associates. Uh, Yeah, the weekly high school roundup football show. We talk about all the games and teams in our area, four of which are still unbeaten. It's Season 5, Episode uh, 5. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Doing well. And, yeah, there's some teams around the area that are playing quite well, some of them unexpectedly so. so. Yeah, that's really true. Uh, The show is available for podcast on the Red Zone Talk page of the KGY website. You can find it there. You can also enter to win uh, free driver's ed for your soon-to-be new driver. Uh, That comes from our friends at 911 Driving School. Uh, later in the show, we got a couple of interviews uh, from Dave from a couple of Timberline players. So we'll be looking forward to that. Um, and uh, one of them, who was it, caused two fur- turnovers? Uh, yeah, that was um, Justin Kuhn. But actually, the interviews that we have on there is uh, the quarterback, Hunter Campow, and also the head coach, Nick Mullen. Uh, all right. And uh, so let's get going, though, with uh, what's going on, starting with 2B in the Southern Mountain uh, Division there. The Rainier Mountaineers, one of our 4-0 and teams after they uh, tackle Toodle Lake 53-7. to Yeah, great place to start. The Mountaineers are still ranked fifth in the state in 2B after that route of Toodle Lake. They uh, didn't didn't face much opposition there. It was 34 to nothing after a quarter, and by halftime they'd rolled up 307 yards of total offense. Toodle didn't score its one touchdown until late in the fourth quarter, so um, quite a decisive performance for Rainier. They won their First five last year, though, remember, so they still have some uh, some things that they want to prove if they can carry that winning streak forward past five games. And we want to talk about tonight's game. That'll uh, It won't get any easier. It won't get any easier as they uh, have to play uh, Tacoma's Life Christian. Now, Life Christian's 4-0 also, but they're still unranked. I don't know why that would be, but they routed Mossy Rock last week 49-16. to And they have played one common opponent, which was Tootle Lake, Life Christian beat them 32-6, to so a little bit, if you want to go by comparative scores, a little bit uh, stronger performance by the Mounties. Last year, Rainier won the game 51-14 to over the Eagles. That was a much different life team because they finished only 2-7. and They've already won twice as many games. So we'll see how that one goes. I'm actually going to be on hand for that one, so next week I'll be able to All give right. a few first-hand observations. That'll be fun. There we yeah. go. Uh, other end of the spectrum, unfortunately. Tonino Beaver is still looking for a win. Uh, Seton Catholic spoiled their homecoming, 21 to nothing. Uh, and things are not going to get easier for them tonight either. Not in the least. But one thing about the, the Beavers in that game, um, if you want to reach for positives, that was their closest game of the season. They didn't score, so that always makes it uh, you know, tougher to say, well, it was their closest because if you don't score, you can't win. But um, – they have been racked by injuries. They've had six starters out at times. Um, so for them to hold Seton Catholic to three touchdowns, probably a small victory there. You never want to go by uh, moral victories, but you know that's something they can go to. But as you mentioned, no easy assignment at all this week. they got to travel out to the harbor and meet uh, undefeated and 10th-ranked Hoquiam in the both teams' 1A Evergreen Conference opener at Olympic Stadium. Now, those two teams, they also share a common opponent. The Grizzlies opened with a win over Castle Rock, and the Castle Rock later thumped the Beavers. And last season, Hoquiam blanked Tonino 35 zips. So, as you said, tough assignment for Tonino uh, yeah. this evening. If they can come up with another 21 to nothing game, then it will be a moral victory. 
It might be against Hoquiam. That's a that's a difficult league. You've got Hoquiam and Monty, the traditional powers. And I was just out at Elma the other day for the newspaper, interviewing some of their players. They are four and zero for the first time since nineteen ninety seven. So that one A Evco isn't getting any easier for the Beavers. Holy cow! All right, moving to two A South Puget Sound League River Ridge Hawks, uh, the defending league champs. They're two and two, and they got a big win over Highline, forty nine to nothing. They did, and that was uh, a good one for them. They had. You know, their losses just didn't seem as terrible as a loss could be. You know, they were uh, edged at the wire by WF West, and in a league game, Stellicum, which is just loaded, beat them by 14 points, but it was uh, it was an exciting game. So the the Hawks, uh, they still have the sky being the limit. Anything could happen for them as they go along. And a 49 nothing route of a lower team in their league, but that doesn't hurt. Kieran Hunkin kept up his good work. He scored four touchdowns for Riverridge. He carried for 89 yards on 15 carries, and he's also uh, didn't have an interception in this game, but he's been really tough on D with four interceptions this season, halfway to the school record. So uh, he's done well for Ridge, and you know we always mention they have a few other playmakers, um, you know Tomasi Manu and uh, Dante Owens and uh, Javon Brown. So they're they're loaded on offense, and uh, we'll see what happens. Well, tonight. Um, they're going to probably have another easy one. They host Evergreen at Seattle, Burien, wherever that is. Um, at South Sound Stadium, the Wolverines have been outscored 210 to 20. Wow. In their four games so <laughs> far. So I'm just kind of guessing that Riverridge might be spreading some playing time out amongst a lot of guys by the time that one's over. All right. Well, we'll look forward to that game. And you said South Sound Stadium. Yep. Still to come, uh, we got more. We're going to look at 2A Evco. Uh, we've got the interviews coming up uh, that Dave did earlier this week. So don't go away. That's all coming up next here on Red Zone Talk. Good morning and welcome back to Red Zone Talk on Olympia's 95.3 KGY. I'm Noel and Dave is right across the desk. And we're moving on to 2A Evco and uh, the Rochester Warriors. Uh, yeah. They are one and three. They lost to Evergreen, forty-one to twelve. They did down on the road in Vancouver, so that was a, a blow for them. Uh, the one thing, or one of the things, there's probably more than one, but one good thing that does stand out: Patrick Riley. He was first team All League for the Warriors last year, wide receiver, uh, the only only kid on their team that was first team, despite the struggles the team had, and he stayed consistent this season. Um, he scored both touchdowns against the Plainsmen, passes of thirty-four and eighteen yards from Daniel May. And he totaled 95 yards on five catches. So Patrick Riley has kept up, uh, you know, he's kept his promise. He's done what he does well. Um, Daniel May, who at the beginning of the season, he was supposed to be a receiver, but he's taken over at quarterback. He rushed nine times for 87 yards in that game. So they've got some parts. Um, Just, you know, tough thing. They moved up from 1A to 2A, and uh, it's going to take them a while to uh, settle in at that level. And they got a big game tonight. Uh, We'll get to that in a moment. Tumwater, uh, they are... Still unbeaten. They beat McNary, Oregon, 57-13. to And uh, that was one where I remember I asked you, you know, is this a game they want to play? Is the opponent strong enough? Yeah, well, they, that is a strong athletic school. McNary down in Kaiser, they produced a bunch of Division One athletes. Apparently, they got two Division One kids on their team right now. All right. And they're what they call in Oregon 6A, which is the equivalent of 4A here. It's the top classification. So uh, McNary, when they scheduled that game, I'm sure there was every possibility the Celtics would come up here and and uh, beat the T-Birds, but you know on on the on the day, no, it was not what happened. Tough bus ride back for uh, McNary, two and a half hours after a 57-13 loss. That probably wasn't any fun at all. 
Yeah, I want to talk about that game a little bit. About that game? About that game? Sure. I want to talk about that. And uh, I'm going to go a little clever here. The the times they weren't a change-in for the T-Bird offense as the Dillons again did the damage. Uh, (laughs) Both of these kids rushed for more than 200 yards. Uh, As he did the week before, Dylan Payne broke a long touchdown very early, 90 yards on the second play of the game. He wound up with 219 yards and three touchdowns on just 10 carries. Dylan Loftus, who incidentally is from Bob Dylan's home state of Minnesota, he rushed for 226 yards and four touchdowns, also on just 10 carries. And there's more running backs at Tumwater. Those two guys are, you know, at the top of a list of half a dozen who could probably do equal damage if given the opportunity. So they're just rolling. Well, Coach Beatty's got a good program that he inherited and keeping it going. And tonight uh, they are at Rochester. Yeah, and that's a bigger game than it would seem. I mean, the T-Birds are prohibitive favorites to win it. Obviously, with Rochester one and three and getting thumped last week, but um, it's an important game because when John Moorhead took the head coaching job at Rochester, Rochester's administration had decided previously that they would join the two AFCO, but they would opt out of playing Tumwater because it was just too big of a load. We right. don't do that. Somebody's going to get hurt, what have you. Uh, Moorhead said that that makes no sense at all. You got one of the premier programs in the state located just up the freeway, a few exits. They're in our league. We want to play it. Yeah, And the kids, when I talked to them in the summertime, they wanted to play it. So, you know, it's probably going to be a Tumwater victory, uh, but Rochester wants to get on the field with the best and see how they do. Yeah, well, you do that, and if you lose the first year, you try to lose by less the next year, yep. you know, and you work your way to the victory. Well, and it, it, it just it's shows you where you are compared to the best. I mean, Tumwater's ranked second right now. They're not ranked first. Hawkinson is, but um, second in the state out of 60-some 2A schools, and you see – we lost to them by X. That we yeah. got to we got to come up with five touchdowns next year that we didn't have this year. Like you said, get better incrementally. Yeah. And uh, of note, Hawkinson, that's four and O, is going to play another four and O team, Woodland. So somebody yeah. there is going to get their first loss. And I think it's probably going to be Woodland. Hawkinson is very very tough. They yeah, won, won the state last year and they returned some guys. Um, but you never know. But I, I would pick Hawkinson in that game. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Black Hills Wolves, another 4-0 team here on our side. Uh, they beat Pullman 37-13. to Interesting story there, I know. Yeah, that was a big deal because Pullman came in ranked number nine in the state in 2A and apparently had a pretty good offense going from that. Well, they did. They scored 40 points in each of their first three games. And defensive coordinator J.G. Johnson was uh, – John Sun was a little bit stressed out by that. He said they did a good quarterback, a couple good receivers, but clearly the uh, – the Wolves clamped down on the Greyhounds defensively. They forced six turnovers, which brings their season total to 17 takeaways that they forced. Um, and they're averaging 40 points on offense and holding teams to 18.2 a game. So that's that's a good sign on both sides of the ball. And the kid we talked to last week on our interview segment, Taylor Simmons, he had another big game, rushing for 121 yards on 20 carries and a touchdown. So, you know, talking about uh, – Clicking on all cylinders, all phases, like they like to say in football now. Um, that is the Wolves right now, and they moved up to uh, number 10 in the state. First time they've been in the rankings for a while, so things are going well down there in Black Hills right yes, now. Yes, they are. I talked to a, a Black Hills parent last week uh, about the Pullman Home and Away series, and interestingly enough, it, it ha- occurred because one of the staff at, uh, at Black Hills is a big Cougar and Cougar fan, and next year, when the Wolves go to Poland to play, they're also going to get to go to a Cougar game. Oh, that'd be great. That. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I wondered about that. And you, 
you know, Black Hills obviously just took it to them. They're, they were the better team, but that's got to be tough for high school kids to come 300 plus oh, miles yeah. to play a game. And it's not like college where, you know, people get used to doing that kind of thing. Yeah, so. They came on Friday, apparently stayed overnight, then played an early game so yep. they could get on the bus and get home yeah. before midnight. Right? You, always, you always think to do these things in high school. I coached basketball and I took my uh, a girls basketball team from Oakland down to Burbank once in California. And we did not play anywhere near as good as we played in the Bay Area. I think yeah. it's just it, sometimes when you relocate, there's just a, a difference at the high school level. But it, that wasn't going to make the difference in that game. Black Hills is just, they're just doing really well right now. They probably would have beat Pullman if both teams drove 150 miles and played in the middle. So. All right. And tonight, a uh, pretty strong opponent, 2-2 two and two WF West. Yeah, that's a team that, you know, you got to watch out for. The old the old uh, cliche is a trap game. Um, WF West is always good. I've seen them play this year. They've got some good weapons. They've got a big wide receiver. They've got a, a quarterback that's developing. It's the first time he's played quarterback, and he's getting better as it goes. They're only 2-2. Two and two. They lost to Washougal last week, and the game is at Tenwater District Stadium. So everything looks like it's uh, lined up for the Wolves, but – WF West is one of those teams that you might walk in the locker room later going, how'd that happen? So <laughs> so the uh, Wolves need to be on their, on their game as they have been so far. Don't miss the game. Yeah. All right, so uh, we're going to go to our next break. Uh, coming up, though, we're going to hear uh, – we're going to talk about Timberline, and we'll hear Dave's interview with Coach Nick Mullen and also Hunter Campau after last week's victory. Uh, we will be right back after this on 95.3 Olympias KGY. And welcome back to KGY Red Zone Talk with uh, Noel and Dave. And we're ready to move on a little bit and talk about uh, Timberline, who moves to 3-1. and one. Uh, They beat Central Kitsap 41-13. to 13. Those games are always fun when there's a high score like that. Well, it really was. And the thing that the thing that's amazing, the, the young man we're going to talk to on the interview, Hunter Campau, uh, he, he's doing the same things he's always done, but he's just doing it on a way higher level. He has a... a he has a strategy. He taught, this was a year ago. He told me, he said he goes back to pass, and if he doesn't find an open receiver, he runs to the open grass. And he was doing that uh, fantastically against uh, CK. Blazers went into that game thinking it might be close. Um, Cougars had played a really tough game with Yelm the week before. In fact, they um, beat Yelm. Um, and the Blazers came in thinking it was going to be a close game, and it never was. They were just much the better team. Campau... Uh, Passed for four touchdowns, 149 yards, 14 of 18. And he has been known as a running quarterback. So for him to go 14 of 18 completions was really good. And he had three touchdown passes to senior Isaiah Jurens. And another score went to J.J. Graham. And he also rushed for 201 yards on 22 carries. Wow. So he's just, you know, that's what, 350 yards of total offense. From a lot Camp of output, Alabama. yeah. And Noah Cunningham, sophomore running back, he rushed for 75 yards uh, defensively. Couple guys who should get mentioned. They got two big third quarter takeaways by senior linebacker Justin Kuhn, one on an interception, and one where he just ripped the ball out of uh, Alex Ruffalong's hands, and that's the star running back for CK. So good job by him on defense. And there was a big sack in the first quarter by William Lafaele um, that killed a uh, CK drive. So Timberline, um, as Coach Nick Mullen will say in our interview with him, clicking on all all facets of the game. And let's hear from Coach Mullen. Here's that interview right now. So I heard what you were saying to the players. You said they won all three phases and so forth. Is that as good as you guys have played this year? It's the first time I've seen you. But uh, I think as a as a complete unit, yeah, mm-hmm. as a complete team, that's the best we've played. We've been, you know, we've been close and close and close. But then tonight they just came out and that was a statement. 
Yeah. And they needed that. They, I mean, CK's a great team. They, Mark Keel, I mean, he's, I, he's a good buddy of mine. They're well coached, and they beat Lakes, they beat Elm, and our kids came ready to play. Were you surprised that you did as well as you did? I mean, were you, or you, oh, were, no. you were seeing that this was coming? No, we, I mean, you can this tell. This is your most points in one game, right? This year, yeah. 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 And what? Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things where you can kind of feel it during the week. We had a really, really bad Tuesday practice, probably the worst we had. And we had a really good talk the next day. I say good talk. And <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. And the Wednesday was great, and they dialed in, and they're just, they came in ready to go. So what do you still need to do? What's what's the next? We need to, we need to finish. We're when we're ahead, we gotta just we gotta finish. That's the main thing. We can't can't relax. And I think that's one thing our kids do is high school kids. I mean, they tend yeah. to let up and they just gotta finish. They just gotta know they gotta put the dagger in and just finish the game. A little bit. It's a little bit of penalties too many. Also, this is actually one of the better. This is one of your better ones. Yeah. yeah. And so. the refs. Are, this is this is a really good crew. Yeah. Okay. They kind of went both ways on that. Yeah. But they, uh, what about Justin on the two turnovers? I, I thought that was pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. He yeah he's gotten so much better. Coon's just getting better and better each week. And, you know, he's starting to feel the game. And he's starting to become a student of the game. And he just he – just, I'm really proud of him and the way he's progressed. Okay. And, I mean, you, you talk a lot about Hunter every single week. But um, – he did, and he did the same things he always does, but he seemed like he did them particularly well tonight. Yeah, he's him and I have been working because we know he can run. I mean, that's no yeah, secret. Yeah. But we've been working really hard on him, getting that back foot and letting the ball go, and you know he can make something happen. And he's doing a really good job in the passing game now too. I mean, he was 15th and 19th tonight. Right, right. Took him a while to get in and get yeah. completion too. So. Yeah, it was good. All right, and Coach uh, Mullen certainly sounds happy with what the team is doing so far. Yeah, they just had that one. Uh, really, they had one horrible quarter. In the first quarter against Tumwater in their very first game, which put them in a deep hole and Tumwater blew them out. Since that time, they've won their three games. Two of those are league games. So, um, you know, they actually played Thursday night, which is the day we're recording, and they yeah. played Peninsula, which is the big showdown between last year's champion Timberline and this year's favorite Peninsula. So Both teams 3-1 and one going in. Both teams 3-1. and one. So when we get around to talking about that next week, it'll be interesting to see what happened there. But, yeah, he uh, – very happy with what's going on, and I, I don't blame him having been at that game and seen uh, Cam Powell's offensive performance and seen the defense. Um, you know, Justin Kuhn, if you ask people, Justin Kuhn and William Lafayette, most people that follow football in the area casually probably don't know who those guys are, and yet they're out there making big plays. One thing about Timberline, over the years, they've always kind of had a deep squad. They're not dressing as many this year as they have sometimes, but – it's usually not just one or two guys. There's usually a, a, somebody else down the row that's uh, doing some damage for them. Well, he had an interesting comment, too, towards the end on finishing. You know, they're winning, but he still feels like, you know, it's that killer instinct. Yeah, and the, the week before, they had to struggle a little bit. They won, a, I think it was 14-7, to seven and they needed a, a goal line stand to stop uh, the opponent. And, you know, they, they feel they're a little bit better than that. Um, they've fallen out of the poll. They were ranked at the start of the year, so... They've got some some uh, motivation, and certainly uh, the game last night against Peninsula, that was going to be huge. So they, you know, they're on the right track. We'll see where they go, though. All right. You also talked with Hunter Campbell, the quarterback. I did talk to Hunter, and Hunter is a guy that, uh, you know, over the years he's changed. He was he came into high school trying to be a running back, and they put him at quarterback after a while. And he has always, as I asked him in the first question, he's always kind of done the same things, but he's just doing them way more effectively. I talked about him running to the to the open grass. He just sprints to the open grass now. I mean, he's just just a lightning bug out there when he goes for uh, when he breaks off a passing plan, goes for the run. So, uh, pretty exciting kid to watch. Exciting bootleg. Let's hear him. Yep.
So we're trying to camp out after Timberline has come over the decisive 41-13 win over Central Kitsap. You didn't really do anything new today, but you did what you do uh -huh. extremely well. What was going right for you guys tonight? Uh, I think it was just getting us uh, prepared this week. Coaching staff did a really good job. Got uh, We got some new plays, some new formations we threw out them. Uh, all credit to my line. They allowed me to do what I do. And, uh, yeah, glad we pulled off a win against good CK team. Yeah, after they beat Yelm last week, you must have thought, you know, they're going to be a pretty good team. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, so how big is that to beat a team that obviously is a good team if they could beat Yeah, them? it's big for sure. Uh, we started 1-0 last week, now we're 2-0, so hopefully we can uh, keep the momentum going. And then you put a lot of points on the board as opposed to last week and as opposed to your first game. Yeah. Is that, does that feel like your offense is hitting its stride now? Yeah, or? for sure. It's kind of getting tiring just saying that our defense carries us all the time, so it feels good that our offense uh, played really well tonight. Okay, well, and what's the... Uh, What's the next thing you guys got to improve upon to, to keep plowing towards state? I don't know, just keep playing together, I guess. Uh, playing as a team, not giving up on each other. Uh, yeah, and just keep doing what we're doing. Keep doing right, what we're good. doing. Thank you. Good luck the rest. Sorry, I walked over you there, but keep doing oh, what we're right. doing. That's interesting, you know. Yeah, I mean, if they, if, well, based on uh, based on last Thursday night when they played CK, yeah, if you, you play like that every time, yeah, they're going to be tough to beat. Be I mean, Peninsula, there's a lot of buzz about Peninsula this year, and uh, deservedly so. But don't forget, Timberline is the defending champs, and uh, really the only blot on their record is that loss to Tumwater. And how disgraceful is it ever to lose to Tumwater, no, even, even yeah. if you're in a higher division? Can't be. Peninsula, meanwhile, coming off a walk, uh, beat Shelton 57 to nothing. Yeah, not much to be said there. They're, Shelton, as we talk about every week, they're rebuilding. Um, they've got some tough kids, but they're not very sizable. And. Uh, you know, it's tough for them to go out there and play against a team like Peninsula that's one of the best teams in the state in 3A. Um, and they aren't going to uh, have an easier time either tonight because they have to play at Central Kitsap. And, you know, the Cougars, after getting blown out by Timberline, they're going to be, uh, you know, I don't know what you – it's not yeah. really revenge because they didn't play Shelton, but, you know, they're going to be motivated to prove that they're not a team that loses by 28 points. That's right. And, Could you be. know, they're already 3-1. and one, so Yeah, and yeah. last season it was uh, – CK 45, Shelton 0, so, you know, not an easy one for the high climbers. Not, certainly not. Well, that's uh, going to bring us up to our next break. When we come back, we'll finish out our look at uh, high school football around the area and uh, a couple other things as well. It's a lot of fun going on, so don't go away. Stay right here. We're on uh, 95.3 Olympias, KGY. And good morning. Welcome back uh, to our final segment of Red Zone Talk here on KGY. I'm Noel Wall. That's Dave Weber over there. And we are moving to uh, 3A and uh, North Thurston. They're 2-2. Two yep. two. They lost to Capital, 33-10. to 10. Yeah, we'll talk about those teams in sequence. And uh, the Rams uh, had a 10-7 to halftime lead over Capital, but the Cougars came alive and piled up 26 unanswered points in the second half. And won that game, as you said, 33-10. to 10. Chase Marcotte uh, had a first-half touchdown, and Xavier Barnes kicked a field goal that gave the Rams that brief lead, uh, only to see uh, the Cougars swarm past them. So North Thurston is 2-2, two 0-2 two, oh in the SSC, and they're going to be Gig Harbor's homecoming opponent tonight up over the Narrows Bridge. So see how that goes. Yeah, Gig Harbor 1-3, and three, so we'll see yep. what happens. Yeah, Capital Cougars, meanwhile... Remain uh, undefeated with that win over North Thurston. They do, and they are they are the surprise team in the area. They got votes in the statewide Associated Press poll this week. Um, the only three A team in our area to do so. Nobody else is ranked or in the others category except the Cougars. 
And that was not the way it was supposed to happen uh, before the season. The coaches and players at Capitol were simply focused on getting the program back on track after having three head coaches in three years. But they have been, I don't want to say awesome, but they have been really, really good their first four games. It's been a pleasant, pleasant surprise. Oh, yeah. And uh, their uh, foe tonight is also uh, doing okay, 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Yelm beat Gig Harbor 16-13. to 13. Yeah, and it's going to be a, a big game with uh, those teams, two teams going at it. Uh, let's talk a little bit first about what Yelm did last week, then we'll talk about the game. Um, Yelm was, uh, you know, they're a passing team. They've got Kyle Robinson, who was the all-area quarterback of the year last year. But they used a running game uh, last week. There was a hard rain going on. Gig Harbor's defense was being pretty stingy, but um, Yelm got a 16-13 victory up on the road, and that keeps them, as you mentioned, in the Southtown Conference race at 1-1. One one. They're 2-2 two and two overall. Carson Ament, uh, their star running back, scored the go-ahead touchdown. Um, they had a 9-7 lead at the half on a safety and a 14-yard pass from Robinson to Cody Gifford. Um, but after the Tides came back to take the lead in the, in the third quarter, they needed a men's third-yard three-yard run in the fourth quarter to get the win. And the interesting thing about uh, tonight's game against um, Capital is that, uh, one, Cougars have kind of been the team that the Tornadoes wanted to be which was the third contender coming out of the SSC to challenge Timberline or Peninsula. Um, not to say Yelm can't still do it, but Capitals in better position at 2-0 and uh, just kind of surprising people. So I guess there's four teams is what you can say. There's four teams in that league to be dealt with. Um, now the really interesting thing is if Yelm wins the game, if they beat Capital, that would give them a t- each of them a 2-1 and conference mark, and whoever lost the game between Timberline and Peninsula would have a 2-1 and conference mark. So you'd have one team in first place at 3-0 and and three teams right behind it. Too. Wow. <laughs> so it's going to be a tight race down to the end in that league because those teams are proving that they can beat each other. And if Timberline uh, – well, Timberline or Peninsula will fall tonight or did fall last night because they're playing each other. But if the other one that doesn't lose that game loses another game, you've got a really, really uh, anybody-can-win-it kind of thing going on in that league. So it'll be fun to watch. Right. And a reminder, we don't know what happened with the Peninsula game because we record – on Thursday, so that's what's going on there. Uh, 4A, SPSL, Olympia, the Bears could use a break. They're 1-3 and three after falling to Bellarmine 35-7. to seven. Yeah, and they got behind 28 to nothing before they even got on the board. In the third quarter, they got a touchdown pass from Nate Herman, Nathan Herman to Mason Beckley. That was from 24 yards. And Bellarmine kicked a field goal, and then the Bears finished off the scoring with a four-yard touchdown pass from Adam Defoe to Dawson Hayworth. You mentioned a minute ago, you said they need a break. They're not going to get one. Um, no. <laughs> they're not going to get one at all. Well, they get to play at home. Let's put it that way. But they have to play a powerhouse Graham Kapowson team. And they are definitely, the Eagles are still smarting. They had a crazy loss to first place Pialop last week in which Pialop took a big lead and everyone was, oh, they're going to run this thing up. And then uh, GK came back to tie it. Then Pialop uh, got a late touchdown and won it. So, you know, when you talk about emotions and teams wanting to bounce back from something unpleasant, um, Graham Kapowson is going to be that team. And they have a very strong passing attack that's built around a four-year starter and University of Washington-bound quarterback, Dylan Morris. So he alone is worth going to the game. Obviously, local people want to see the Bears win it, but probably want to go out and take a look at Dylan Morris, too, because he could be uh, – Starting for some people around here's favorite college team before too much longer. <laughs> sure, not to offend which... <laughs> not to offend the Cougars in the audience, but those who wear the purple want to get a look at their quarterback of the future. So. Yeah, there you go. 
Well, and and there you do go. We've covered a dozen local programs. A little insight, a little background, and time to go watch football. There are 151 games across the state tonight. At least three teams statewide will notch their first victory tonight. Two teams are headed for their first loss. Tonight's weather's going to be really nice, so there's no excuse to not go and see a game. No, it'll be it'll be fun. There's some some good games out there. Like I just mentioned, you can see uh, uh, an outstanding quarterback play against Olympia. You you uh, you have that showdown in Rainier. I know it's small small city ball, but you know you've got two undefeated teams there. Yeah, and you know one good thing about two B. I, I mentioned this in a tweet I sent from last time I was at one of their games. The two B schools have the best barbecue for sale. You know they did, for some okay. reason they've always got barbecue going. They do on Alaska does these schools just. They they churn out some uh, some some food that they don't have place to cook at the big schools. So, that is that so, is great. So you can have yourself a, a, a freshly barbecued burger and watch the Mounties play Life Christians. All right, uh, college ball. The Cougars lost a heartbreaker to USC, thirty six to thirty nine, after leading much of the game. A blocked field goal with a minute forty to go. Ouch. Yeah, I mean if it takes a blocked field goal to uh, end your chances of beating USC for a second straight season. You can't really look at that as a tragedy. I mean, it's you know, you're, unless you thought you were going to go undefeated, which they were up to that point. But I'd look for them to do well this week against Utah. Yeah, and the Huskies—they uh, beat Arizona State twenty-seven to twenty and host BYU. Yeah, and that avenged a loss for them. They had lost in uh, two thousand seventeen to the to the Sun Devils, and BYU is actually ranked. Uh, UW is eleven. BYU is number twenty nationally. Um, I, I'd pick the, the Huskies in that. And uh, just just a quick mention. Tight end Kate Otten, who is from Tumwater High School, when UW graded out its players on their performance in the ASU game, he was at the very top. So yeah. good performance by Kate in that game. Well, I know we heard his name called a few times in that game, so that's that's nice. We'd love to hear that about local guys. Yep. Uh, Seahawks got a win over Dallas, 24-13. Hooray! They travel to Arizona, and uh, they usually travel pretty well to Arizona. There'd be a lot of... Uh, a lot of Seahawks fans in the stands. Yeah, and uh, I was looking over different things on the internet, and the odds makers are predicting a three-point Hawks win and a low-scoring game, and that sounds about right to me. I think that uh, Seahawks will prevail. That was a big deal to beat the Cowboys. Cowboys are good. It's not like it was a huge upset, but um, they needed something. They needed to prove they could win a game, and they did. So Yeah, yeah, and if they hadn't won, that things just get worse and worse and exactly. worse. That game's at 105. You can hear it on Sister Station 96.9. K-A-Y-O, pregame starts at 11 o'clock for that one. And we want to thank uh, Olympia Orthopedic and Associates. Actually, next week, uh, Rebecca from Olympia Orthopedic is going to be here to talk with me about regenerative medicine. Some of the things that they're able to do with stem cells and things are absolutely phenomenal. Uh, You don't want to miss that. Thank you for joining us this week. You can find the podcast on KGYFM. Email us, rzt at kgyfm.com. Most of all, be around next Friday morning at 8.30 for Red Zone Talk right here on 95.3 Olympia's KGY.